Welcome back to another episode of the Walk on Red Shirts. We are into November, the most important month of the year in college football. Yeah, remember November. Everybody remembers November. In Ohio, we had snow for the first night of action. It only felt appropriate for the first night of action, just having some snow games. Ohio is the place to be this week. You know, you have the first night of action in Ohio. You got Ohio State ranked number one. Jake, is that true? Is this real? Yeah, let's jump in. Let's talk about the college football playoff rankings. Like, I don't want to take too much time, but we do need to talk about it. First playoff rankings came out last night. If you're listening to this on Thursday, we're recording this Wednesday night. I understand why Ohio State's ranked number one. You know, they've got the quality wins. They've got Penn State. They've got Notre Dame. Two top 15 wins. Clearly, that is the best resume. What I continue to say, and I was in an argument on Twitter today, is that the committee determines their rankings and then justifies it afterwards. Yep, I agree. I agree. 100%. They they one hundred percent do that. Even if they do it subconsciously, they do it because they say resume matters. But then they rank Georgia and Michigan second and third, but then Florida State fourth, who has a better resume than both, both. of them. Yep, uh, it's mind boggling, Jake. It really is. And like, I'm cool with like with, with all the different aspects they use to create the ranking, but be consistent. It's like, okay, well, well, we put him number one because of the quality wins. We put him number two because of head-to-head. And then you'll get to number three who beat someone else head-to-head and had, but had lesser quality wins, and they'll swap it up. It, 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 it's so insane. But ha- honestly, Jake, I don't know if I can completely disagree. I maybe don't think that Ohio State should be number one. I, I certainly – I think they're equivalent to Georgia. I think I think honestly, Florida State's resume at, at this point has been the best all year. They've played two ranked teams. They played three ranked teams, and have beaten all three of them handedly. They're scoring points. They're playing good enough defense. I, I I think out of all four, they deserve to be the best. Michigan has looked the best on the field, but they haven't played a soul. Their strength of schedule is like 116th or something like that. It, it is pitifully low that. They should look really good. Now, granted, they're doing what they're asked. They're playing the schedule in front of them. Michigan can certainly work their way up to number two, number one, because they do have Penn State and they do have Ohio State yeah. remaining on the schedule. I, and you even – I mean, Maryland's not falling off, but you, know, you still can you know, get a potentially impressive game. win. You can't you, – you better get up for them. They'll get you. They're good enough. But like, honestly, Jake, like, I think the committee is setting this up for Michigan to work their way back in, maybe when this whole Connor Stallions thing blows over. Are they thinking that many steps ahead? Are they that manipulative with the rankings? Maybe. I don't know. It is just the first one, but this is the most important ranking of the year thus far. Personally, I would have had Florida State 1, Georgia 3, Ohio State 2, Michigan 4. Yeah, I I, I could have agreed to that. I, I think Washington, the last couple of weeks, they haven't looked very impressive. The last two games, they have really fumbled. They do possibly have the best win in the country with Oregon. Mm-hmm. But they have stumbled a lot. And this is where it comes into the rankings because sometimes it's eye test, sometimes it's head to head. You know, my biggest gripe with the whole rankings is Oklahoma being behind Texas. Absolutely. Absolutely. You put them on a field, they played head to head. Oklahoma won. Now, granted, it was a last second win. Yeah. It but but they won. They it's won a- on the field. If you're gonna compare two teams, just look at the film that they played. Right. Well, and but then like Jake, the counter argument is, well, let's 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 compare the schedules. Texas's loss to Oklahoma looks a lot better than Oklahoma's loss to Kansas. That is true. So that, I'll give you that. But but 
So go back to your point. That's how they justify putting Texas ahead. So they put Texas ahead and they're like, ooh, wait, can we do that? Yes, we can. Their loss looks better than the other team's loss. But it also doesn't make sense because Texas lost to the team that lost to Kansas. So if you you could go down a deep rabbit hole. Yes, uh, yes, yes, you absolutely can. Now, I'm not a huge college basketball person. I watch March Madness like most you know, red-blooded Americans. Mm-hmm. College basketball has it figured out. Now, the one difference is college basketball, you have – you know, upwards of 30 data points to look at throughout the year. And you can see, and there's 300 teams and they have quadrants and they've got different rankings and efficiency. At this point, most teams have eight data points, which is very different. I wish there was some sort of ranking. Now there's the football power index and there's all these other things, but they're all crazy subjective. And, you know, we see all the time where they're like, at this point in the year, we have Alabama number one. It's like, we all know they're not. Like, right. We know Alabama's not number one. Stop putting them at number one. So it's very hard to compare them. I just wish there was a more complete way to evaluate these teams. And also, the group of five continues to get screwed on these rankings. How is Air Force behind Tulane? They're both group of five teams. And they're granted, saying Tulane's loss is better than, you know, any win Air Force has. Right. And that that's, that's mind boggling. I mean, I thought I thought our committee loved the troops. Obviously, they don't. The Air Force is undefeated. Give them some love. Hell, their wins look better than USC's loss. How was USC not punished more for going to the wire with Cal? I mean, Cal I have no idea. Put their nuts on the line and loses the game on a two-point conversion at the end, and USC stays at twenty. Get out of here. I would go as far as saying that USC borderline should be unranked right now. Uh, absolutely. I, I, if you had them unranked, I would be fine with it because their last four games have been a one-point win over Cal, two-point loss at home versus Utah, getting smacked by Notre Dame, a two-point win over Arizona, even the week before, a seven-point win over Colorado. They have not looked good. No. And, and honestly, I bet if you ask those players, maybe in a vacuum and not in the media, what they think, they probably say, we don't deserve to be ranked. We suck. And – the fact that they're 20, that, that's that's probably my biggest gripe with the whole thing is USC being ranked as high as they are. They have no business being above Kansas. Absolutely. Kansas has as many losses as them, but Kansas has beat Oklahoma. I mean, USC I couldn't even imagine beating a team that good. So th- that part's a USC doesn't have a ranked win. No, not even close. Every good team they play, they lost to. And they play Washington this week, and we'll dive into that game. But – they did not look good, and I really don't know what to expect out of USC. These rankings are still going to change. We've yeah. got a bunch more additions that we're going to have next week. You know, they say they restart them every week, so you know, you've still got to play your best. Ohio State, if they struggle this weekend against a six and two Rutgers team, you could see them fall because yeah. Georgia plays Missouri. That Missouri. might be enough to put a Georgia ahead of Ohio State. If Georgia blows out Missouri, there's no shot they lose the number one spot the rest of the year. However, the, to, to, to take it back to me griping, I want to gripe a little bit more, Jake. I'm feeling a little old manish, old manish right now. Go I feel like gripe. Oklahoma should have been punished. <laughs> I feel like Oklahoma should have been punished more for their loss. Yes, Kansas is a good football team. I don't want to take anything away from Kansas, but Kansas was playing their backup quarterback, and Oklahoma lost. And honestly, like Oklahoma had a fight and call to get their way back into the game. The fact that it became close was because Dylan Gabriel threw a pick six right at the beginning of the game. Right. 
and it spotted them seven points right there. They dropped from six to, to, to nine. I don't think that's enough. I really don't. Now let's let's clarify. They didn't drop. This is the initial rankings. They don't. Right, right. The playoff system does not acknowledge the coaches poll, the AP poll, so we can allegedly compare against it. Yeah, I know they say allegedly, but we all know like <laughs> there's implicit biases. Every every single human has implicit bias, sure, and that's sure. why they they for sure see them. They acknowledge them. They definitely reference them. There's no way that they don't go. Hmm, you know that Oklahoma team. You know they're probably a top ten team. You know, everybody else has got them top 10. Anyways, like, they're actually ranked higher in the playoff than they were in the AP. Yeah. I think AP, they were 12 or 14. AP had them at 10. 10. Coaches had them at 11. Okay. I, don't, so, that, I, I am pleased. I, I do like the fact that they punished Georgia for not having a signature win, per se. Their signature win is their blowout victory over Kentucky, which, again, nothing against Kentucky, but that's not something to write home about. Ohio State's beaten number seven Penn State, and they've also beaten then top ten Notre Dame, which I still think Notre Dame's a very good football team. So um, they're they're fifteenth right now, and I think right now that is a more than fair ranking for them. But but my biggest qualm to to go back to the other side of the coin, you cannot put Ohio State above Georgia and then have Florida State at four. That doesn't make yes. sense to me. Yes, if you're you're going to say strength of schedule and wins matter, Florida State beat. LSU beat a very good LSU team. Michigan and Georgia, they showed Michigan's best win so far this year, and it was Rutgers and Minnesota. I'm pretty sure Minnesota's like four and four. Minnesota's a blown call away from losing to Iowa and, and being three and five. I mean, they're not a good football team. And Rutgers, they're six and two. They're better than most people expected them to be this year. But honestly, they are still Rutgers. It's tough to play in Piscataway, Jake. Aren't yeah, you boys going to Piscataway this weekend? It's gonna be they tough are. To play in Piscataway. They are. Let's let's talk a little bit more about the Kansas upsetting Oklahoma. Uh, you know, Jalen Daniels was out once again. Uh, unsure what his status is. He's kind of on the cam rising, but he actually plays sometimes. I think he's out for the rest of the year. I, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. I, I don't think he plays the rest of the year. Jason Bean is a trooper. He's, I believe, in his sixth year, and he's he played against Oklahoma last year. He Bean did not play great by any means. He did enough. He was 15 of 32, 218 yards, two interceptions, ran the ball four times, 62 yards. Devin Neal was huge for them, rushing for 25 yard, times, 112 yards. They won this game on the ground, rushing for 225 yards, averaging five and a half yards per carry. Oklahoma defense is getting better, but it was in such a bad place when Lincoln Riley left it that even a nominal increase is huge for Oklahoma. And I still think oh, Oklahoma is. I, I think Oklahoma is like two, two. Oh, I'll get you that. I think Oklahoma is like <laughs> two years away from probably putting a really good defense on the field and also having an offense to match. I think back away. I, I can agree with that. I think Dylan Gabriel is enough of a bridge. Dylan Gabriel is not like a Heisman contender. He, he has kind of shown his colors. He is a sufficient quarterback. He is not a championship caliber quarterback, in my opinion. Oh, I agree. He, he, he is good enough. If he was on a team, a top 10 defense, you're in the playoff. If you're in a team with a defense that struggles because you're lacking a couple of key pieces like in Oklahoma – you're going to lose a couple of games that you should win. But 
let's let's go. You say, you know, you say Oklahoma's a year or two away. Let's look at 2024's recruiting class. They have the, a five-star defensive or defensive lineman coming in, David Stone. They got a four-star defensive lineman, Nigel Smith the second. They got a couple good big-time safeties, four stars. I mean, that defensive line. They have another four-star coming in, Jaden Jackson. It's going to be pretty darn good. Wyatt Gilmore, a four-star end. I mean, they're going to—they're powering up this this defensive line, and that is Brent Venables' bread and butter. When he was at Clemson, every single year they're pumping out first-round draft picks. Every single year he was there, a defensive lineman got drafted in the first round. That is unbelievable. I don't think people realize how good that is. Now, granted, he coaches the linebackers. There's a couple linebackers he coached had no business going in the draft as high as they did. That did like Stephon Anthony. Great athlete, great linebacker. Maybe not a first-round pick, maybe a day two, three guy. Got drafted at the end of the first round to the Green Bay Packers. You got James Skalski. Great college linebacker. I don't think he had any business being on the being drafted in the fifth round. He should have been a seventh-round guy, maybe a UDFA, undrafted free agent. So the way Brent Venables is able to coach these guys up and make them look on the field, I think they're – I think yeah, I think you're right. I think they're more closer to a year away than two years away. The only reason I said two years because Gabriel is probably leaving. Well, I mean, I think he's out of eligibility, and bringing in a new quarterback can be tough. That's true. I think Jackson Arnold is the guy who's supposed to step up. You never know what you're going to get out of a first year guy. Sometimes you need an extra year of experience, and that second year is where they really start to take that step. How about General Booty? All time name. All-time Ooh, General Booty. General Booty is on that team. You never know. You General never know. And, and honestly, you know, Ohio State made a movement to go from you know a middle to bottom tier defense and now they're arguably one of the top five to ten defenses in the country with a new quarterback so it can be done if oklahoma makes the steps and continues to have that defense move forward you know venables is not going to be sufficient with having an okay defense like that is going to be his bread and butter he is going to be you know pushing to have a top defense the question is, with Oklahoma moving to the SEC, how are they going to fare when you know their schedule includes, you know, Texas A&M when they've got to play Alabama, when they have to play Georgia, you know, even like an Ole Miss and LSU. You know, these are going to be more difficult games a weekend and week out. If you're losing to Kansas right now, you know, playing Ole Miss, then backed up to Florida, then backed up to Georgia, then backed up to South Carolina. Like, I don't know how many games Kansas wins in the, in the SEC this year. I, uh, Oklahoma, I somehow forgot that they're going to the SEC this year. So that changes everything. Yes, I think it is closer to two years away than it is to one. That is, yeah, you don't you don't go from playing Texas to Kansas when you're in the SEC. You're going to playing big dog to big dog. It might not be the German Shepherd you play in Alabama, but it's going to be a bulldog. It's going to be a Rottweiler. I mean, you're going to get somebody tough. Even schools like Arkansas are going to give you their best shot every single week. That's right. So – I like what Kansas did. I, I really think Lance Leipold is a phenomenal coach. Can Kansas hang on to him is a big question. I think he can. I think they can. I mean, it, Kansas's boosters are showing, but they're willing to donate. I mean, they've improved locker rooms. I bet the field gets improved next. They're putting money into that program. They're not just a basketball school anymore, Jake. I mean, they're going to be able to compete. And, and they've the got dogs, money because of the basketball program. That's right. And, and they got big dogs leaving town. What else do you have your money to spend on in Kansas? You can buy corn. You can buy wheat. You can spend it on the Jayhawks. Rock chalk. I, I look to see that, that stadium to get a little bit better. There's nothing else to do in Kansas in the middle of the fall. Hey, go hit up a Kansas game. Go give them some money. 
Let's see what they do. They're going to be they they have a shot to be the guys in the Big 12 next year. Let's see what happens. Yeah, they're going to be a power void at the top of the Big 12 next year because you know, right now you've got Oklahoma and Texas sitting at the top of the Big 12. Coming into the Big 12 next year. Nobody else that everybody's in. Everybody's in that's coming. Everybody. Oh, well, my bad. No, Utah Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. My bad. Okay. Utah would be the only team I think that – well, and Colorado, if Dion stays on the same track of recruiting. Arizona's I think, playing pretty well. Arizona State's terrible. Yeah, I'm not worried about them. I, I'm actually shocked they left the pack. That, that still blows my mind. They left the pack too. But there's going to be a void at the top. Two pack, excuse me. With who is going to be in charge of the Big 12 next year. So Oklahoma and Texas – Oklahoma had really been the king for the while. And – Kansas State, I know it's the reigning champion. You know, they're four and one in conference this year. But Oklahoma and Texas have been the two big dogs. Yeah. There's going to be a void at the top. Utah has got a chance to. But Kansas, they're recruiting well. Leipold is doing the right things. He's building the program the right way. He's a proven winner. You know, the question is, you know, he's rumored with Michigan State. You know, why would he want to go to Michigan State when all yeah. of a sudden now they have Oregon? Washington, USC, UCLA, plus you still have to play Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. And 14 other teams. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't think he leaves Kansas. I think he's in a great spot. He's in a, he's in, to, to compare him to a situation that I'm familiar with, he's in a similar situation to Dabo, where you get to go to a school that's been struggling, that, that's kind of been not relevant in terms of the football, you know, national media, and you're making them relevant. You get to be the guy. And I, it seems like Lance Lapold is is embracing that, and they're getting recruits to come come in there, Jake. I mean, so if he's getting recruits in, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he, I think at this point the competitor in him is one of how good can I make Kansas? Can I outdo Bill Self? Can I outdo Bill Self in, in the basketball team? No, but I think he can. I think he can really make them nationally relevant. I mean, they already are. They're ranked in the top twenty-five. And the interesting thing with the expanded playoff of going to twelve teams. No longer does it feel like you have to go twelve and zero to make the playoff. That's true. You're going to be able to go ten and two, and have a good shot at making the playoff. You may not get a guaranteed spot because ten and two might not be enough, depending on how the stones fall. But ten and two or eleven and two, and you win the the Big Twelve, you've got a puncher's chance. You win if you go eleven and two, win the Big Twelve, you're in. I, uh, right. That's guaranteed because you win your conference. You win but your you conference, go eleven and two. But if you go ten and two and don't win your conference, you've got a puncher's chance to make the playoff. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that he could because he's recruiting well. The teams coming in are not nearly as good as the teams leaving. All right, so want to jump in and talk about two of the teams that we already talked about. Oregon completely dominates Utah. Don't spend too much time on this because this game was not close at all. Oregon won by thirty points and. It just felt like Utah was never in this. No, absolutely not. Oregon's defense flexed their muscle. And Bo Nix came out there and said, everybody that wants to doubt me, shut up. I'm here. We're not dropping these games that we would normally drop. And honestly, if I'm Washington, I'm shaking in my boots if I'm looking ahead because Oregon's hot. And I don't think there's another team on their path that's, that could take them out. USC is the best other team that they play. Oregon I think State. Oregon is the scariest team in the country right now. I think so, too. Nobody wants to play them. They I are a team I would not want to entertain. I would not want to play. And they play a schedule that is pretty conducive to them winning out. 
They have three home games left, Cal, USC, and Oregon State, and they go on the road to Arizona State. They, they have a top 15 defense. They have a top oh, 15 yeah. offense. They have a Heisman candidate quarterback, and they've got a, a coach that believes in his team and has the balls to call plays that nobody else will. Let's go back to that Washington game where he's calling, he's going for it on fourth down when most coaches would punt it. I mean, I am a huge believer in this Oregon team. Shout out Tyler Urbanski. And I really think, like, they're going to be in the college football playoff. Honestly, after these last couple of weeks, I think they're going to usurp Washington in the Pac-12 championship game, and I think they're going to be in there. If Washington and Oregon played this weekend, I would be taking Oregon. Oh, yeah. And I think they would win by double digits. I think so, too. I think so, too. Washington lost a step after that Oregon game. I mean, you alluded to it earlier. They struggled with Arizona. They struggled with Arizona State. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. They have a get-right game with, with Alex Grinch's defense. We got the Alex Grinch update. Oh, yeah, the Alex Grinch update. USC's defense is currently 112th in scoring, 114th in total defense, 106th in pass defense, and 106th in rush defense. And somehow this guy has a job. Iowa announced they're firing their offensive coordinator, yet USC can't announce they're firing their defensive coordinator. Hey, you know what? Everybody wants to hit on Iowa's uh, offensive coordinator, Brian France. He just broke a record, Jake. Have you heard about this record he just broke? I am so curious. The lowest over-under in college football history was just posted <laughs> for the Iowa-Northwestern game. You want to oh, I saw it. It opened up at 29.5. I think it's up to 31, though. Oh, it's up at 31 now? So all right. So it it opened at 29.5, which, yes, it, it was the lowest opening over-under ever. Yeah. So hats off to Brian Ferentz. That's tough to do. That reminds me of my brother when he got mad at the teacher back in middle school. And to get back at the teacher, not at himself, he decides to see how low he can get a grade without getting a zero. He got a 13. That, that's pretty that, That's pretty talented. That's, that seems like what Alex Grinch is doing over here at USC. And that seems like, you know, what they're doing. The one other thing I want to mention about Oregon was Troy Franklin is probably still one of the most underrated wide receivers in the country. The dude just goes and balls out every single weekend. He does. He he is Bo Nix's favorite target, and for just reasons. The dude just catches everything. He's dominant. He wins the 50-50 balls. He wins the 80-20 balls where he has no where he has no place in catching that football. I mean, go back to the Washington, Washington game again. He's winning when he's covered, double covered, and people are draped on him like a cheap suit, and he catches the ball anyway. I mean he has 52 catches. The next closest is Tez Johnson with 34. Yeah. He is clearly the favorite target. He's, He's got more than double the amount of yards that Tez Johnson does. He's got nine touchdowns, more than double anybody else. He is clearly the favorite target. Now, Oregon just pounds the ball on the ground. Bucky Irving is a great running back for them. He's great exactly name. what they need. You know, Bucky Irving and Jordan James are averaging over seven yards a carry, which is absurd. I'm giving the ball to Bucky Irving every single time just so I can hear the announcer say it. Bucky Irving is such a football name. As long as I don't have to hear Gus Johnson make up nicknames. Oh, I love Gus Johnson. I, I can't wait. I, I love just Gon- Gus Johnson. I just i am over Maserati Marv. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen. Babe Ruth shook out every now and then, Jake. The last thing I want to talk about here is if you're from Spartansburg, <laughs> South Carolina – you might have something to say about Dabo Sweeney. By the name of Tyler. Listen, all right, this is a pretty hot topic. I came into work this morning and had a 
note on my desk that said, good morning, Tyler. So for anyone that lives under a rock and the rock is not named Howard, Howard's Rock, let me give you some insight. Dabo Sweeney hosts a radio show on Wednesdays in which he allows fans to call, voice their opinion, talk to them, and he answers them. Not every coach in America does that, Jake. So I have a feeling this radio show might be ending very soon. They anyway, might be screening the calls for a little little more information moving yeah. forward. This cat named Tyler calls up and has a bone to pick with Mr. Da- Mr. William Christopher Swinney himself. And listen, the 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 meat and potatoes of what Tyler had to say is is warranted. You're allowed to be mad as a fan. You're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to have high expectations. But the way he went about it was completely and utterly wrong. First off, you question the man's faith. What's that got to do with football? Why are you quoting Bible verses at, at, at this man and telling him that he's not living towards the cloth? Like, come on. Number, that, that's your first strike. Number two, you call out the man's salary and say he doesn't deserve to make that much money. And then you talk about how you're in the military and you have the opportunity to say, say, say things like this. I'm glad Dabo blew up on him. I'm glad Dabo showed his true colors. It takes a lot to piss Dabo off. This, this smart-ass kid in Spartanburg pissed off Dabo to the point where he's cussing on a live radio. I mean, to, to put that in perspective, playing for Dabo for three years, I might have heard him cuss ten times. Might have heard him cuss ten times. Now he's cussing on the radio. And that that's behind closed doors where there's no cameras. So th- th- this kid, Tyler, yes, he says, we should be winning national championships. We should be in the playoffs. We should be relevant. The past three years are unacceptable. All those things are true. However, I disagree completely with a lot of the things that he had to say. Number one, Tyler, you are the 1.5% that Dabo is talking about. You are the guy that is a bandwagon fan that is like, hey, you shouldn't be along with us anyways because you're toxic. You're an energy vampire. Number two, it's not the coach's fault that we're 4 for. The coaches aren't fumbling the ball. The coaches aren't dropping passes. The coaches aren't finishing runs in the red zone. Yes, he's hiring people that played for him. But they all have reasons to be hired, Jake. Number one, let's Tyler Grisham. He's been getting a lot of heat. The dude played in the NFL. He's not a nobody. He and he coached at Clemson for a while as an assistant. So it's not that he has no coaching experience whatsoever. Thomas Austin again played in the NFL. Then he also he was an assistant at Clemson when I was there. He got the head offensive line job at Georgia State when I was you know for for a few years, and then came back to Clemson to be the head offensive guy when Robbie Caldwell left. Not a nobody. Not without experience. C.J. Spiller played the NFL for a very long time. I mean, these people are being exposed to to the elite of the elite coaching, so it's not like they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way. Number two, these guys aren't coaching them to fumble. When I was there, we had a day. It's called Tanoga Tuesday. Takeaways, no giveaways. So a day literally that emphasized turning the ball over, ball security. And then every day other than that day, we, we had a ball security period. Whether Every single position group, offensive linemen were doing ball security drills. We're jumping on the ball. How do you recover a fumble? This is stuff when we weren't having turnover issues. I can only imagine it's being emphasized a little bit more. You can't coach not turning the ball over more than they are right now. I promise you, you can't. So Tyler from Spartanburg, yes, it's okay to be disappointed. I'm glad you back, you know, backtracked a little bit of what you said. I'm glad you said what you said. You fired Dabo up. You fired some fans up. 
I can't wait to see the T-shirts that come out after we beat the sh- after we beat Notre Dame this weekend. Calling your shot. I'm calling my shot. Tigers by 99, minus 98. <laughs> that uh, I mean, good teams win, great teams cover. Great teams cover. This team's about to be great. Road to 94 starts this weekend. Tyler just gave us some ammunition. This is this is going to be one of the most legendary situations in Clemson if we beat Notre Dame. There's going to be so many T-shirts made, Jake. Jake, we got to get on this. Ooh, I'll work on my Tyler from Spartansburg shirt and you can, burnt you can orange. say Tyler from some from, from Spartanburg, or you could say some smart ass kid. We got we got options. We got options. Let's jump into our games for this weekend. We have three that I want to talk about here. First one here is number twelve Missouri travels to number two Georgia. This is Georgia, what feels like their first real test of the season. Missouri lost the game to LSU. It was a shootout earlier this year. They lost 49 to 39. Playing Georgia is very different than playing LSU. The spread is like 15 points for this game. Do you give Missouri even a remote shot at pulling the upset? I would have, Jake. I really, truly would have. Had the committee not put Georgia at two. So this team, they had no material to, to work off of. They're literally having to motivate themselves. You put the two-time defending national champs at number two. Missouri, I'm sorry it happened this week to you. You ain't got a shot, bud. You're about to get blown the hell out. You're about to get roundhouse kicked into oblivion. This is about to be one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. Yes, Missouri might compete for a little bit. Yes, Missouri is having a great season compared to what they should have been doing. Let's not forget that. Missouri has the 54th ranked defense in the country. You're not wanting to hit this this Georgia offense right now when they're finally hitting their stride. I I, I think this is going to be ugly, and I think I mean, little spoiler alert. I think Georgia's going to cover big time in this game. Yeah, you got a little mono mono here because Missouri actually throws the ball pretty well. Missouri's got some pretty good weapons at wide receiver. Luther Burden is the highlight player. One of the best receivers in the country, 900 yards already this season, 61 receptions. But Theo Weiss is a former Oklahoma wide receiver. Left, you know, I believe he left when Lincoln Riley left. Maybe he left after last year. And then Mookie Cooper is also a Brian Hartline product as well. Mm-hmm. So you got you got some talent there at wide receiver. The Missouri offense, you know, they rank 17th in passing, 294 yards per game. But Georgia's defense is still incredibly good they allow less than 180 yards passing per game they're going to be ready for this they know that missouri is going to need to move the ball through the air and i'm really not super confident that brady cook can be the one to lead missouri past i think brady cook is fine i don't think brady cook is stellar i think brady cook is currently a product of his receivers and Cody Schrader is the running back, and he he's fine. But he is not a guy that you can lean on. He's not a cowbell tailback that is just going to be able to get you five yards on first down, giving you second and third manageable. He's not a guy that's going to, to, to put holes in the number eight rushing defense in the country. Exactly. Exactly. I am not confident in Missouri's offensive line to be able to compete with the Georgia defensive line. This is a game to me where Georgia's defense steps up and just shuts them down because there's going to be a lot of talk the rest of the week about Missouri's playmakers and can Missouri's playmakers do this? Can Missouri's playmakers do that? 
And this is a game to me where Kirby Smart and his defense just shut down Missouri and hold them to like 10 points. I can see it. Maybe not 10 points, but I can see it. I, I think this is a, a big defensive game, big defensive statement for Georgia. Yeah, for sure. It wouldn't shock me if this game goes into the fourth quarter. Because last year, Missouri took this game to the wire. They should have won last year. They, they blew it last year. Two red zone trips in the fourth quarter that they just they didn't finish. So, so we've seen that they have the ability to do this. But it, if this was in Columbia, Missouri, I'd probably feel a lot different. But it being played in Athens, Georgia, no shot. I just I, I struggle to think that they're going to have a chance. I think they could cover. I could I could see them losing by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, I, I could. Mean, I, go ahead. I was going to say I could see it being twenty four to ten. That's a cover. Yeah, but for sure can. I don't and, think it's going to be that close. And Luther Burton is talented enough to to put pressure on that Georgia defense. One hundred percent. The problem 100%. is, if you have one guy, one go to guy like Luther Burton, they can double team him and they can make him obsolete. I mean, and that's going to be the problem. And Brady Cooks, they're not going to be able to run the ball with Schrader. And if you can't run the ball, it's hard as hell to pass the ball. Ask Clemson. So. Georgia's going to know what's going to be happening. They're going to put them in a lot of third and long situations, and they're just going to pin their ears back and just just tee off on Brady Cook. Brady Cook's a bit, Brady Cook's a big guy, and he's been teed off on all year, but not like this, not like this. And the other thing is Missouri's defense is sufficient. They're not stellar by any means, but Carson Beck is getting a lot better every single week. Carson Beck is becoming a very I don't want to say a great quarterback, but he's becoming a very good quarterback. And I, I think he's got a potential to surpass Stetson Bennett in talent-wise for sure. I think, he, honestly, he's already more talented than Stetson Bennett. He can make throws that Bennett couldn't. And he's got the arm talent to play in the NFL. You know, There's a reason he was so highly recruited coming out of high school compared to Stetson Bennett, who was a walk-on. I'm surprised you're, giving, you're, you're throwing out some Stetson Bennett slander. I thought you loved Stetson Bennett. Yeah, okay. Yep, biggest Stetson Bennett <laughs> hater on this planet, and I don't care, and I will continue to be his biggest hater. I don't even care. Can't even run from the cops. Come on, Stetson. Cannot even run from the cops. We got another SEC game here I want to talk about. the one of the one Probably one of the best rivalries in college football in the last two decades is LSU and Alabama. And we have another edition this weekend. And the loser of this is out of the college football playoffs. LSU has an outside shot with two losses, but a chance to beat Alabama, a chance to beat Georgia. They could work themselves back into this discussion because they would get the quality wins. And the loser of this is going to be out. Yeah. Hands down. I think so too. And Jake, I think Alabama's going to be the loser here. I think Alabama's going to be the loser here. You know, I wrote up an article the other day about this game, and everything in my mind tells me LSU is going to win this game. They've got the offense. They've got the skill playmakers, Malik Neighbors. Jalen Daniels is playing at a Heisman caliber. There's nothing in Alabama's offense that tells me they're going to win this game. And that's that's the difference right there. LSU is scoring 44 points a game. 44. Not 34, not 24. Four, four. That is a hell of a lot of points. They're the number two co- offense in the country behind Washington. They are a 
high octane, very potent, powerful offense. Alabama has a good defense. It's not the defense that we're used to with Nick Saban, where it's top 10, they're just shutting people down. But it's still a very good Nick Saban coach defense. Like They're still top 15. However, like you alluded to, Jake, Alabama's offense doesn't have enough to keep up with LSU. Yes, LSU's defense is Swiss cheese, but their offense is so good it doesn't matter. I, I really think if it gets into a duel, LSU is going to win 11 times out of 10. See, this is the game where everything in my mind tells me that Alabama doesn't have a shot, and that's why they end up winning. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that that's that sounds about right. I mean, Jill Murrow is playing better. He he's established himself as the guy. He's playing better, but dude, you're, you're not dueling with Jalen Daniels. You're not. No, if he gets into a quarterback battle, you're taking Jaden Daniels every day of the week. Milrow is still in my mind. He's a game manager. He does enough to help win games, but I mean, just as recently as two weeks ago, he didn't even complete half of his passes. Right. He's getting that- better. He played very well. Again, I guess it was three weeks ago because they were off last week, but two games ago, he played very well against Tennessee. Led a great comeback, but the defense takes a lot of credit for that because they shut down Tennessee in the second half. The game is in Tuscaloosa, though. It is in Tuscaloosa. If this was in Death Valley, I probably would feel a lot different. I would think this is game over. Give it to LSU. Yeah. It being played in Tuscaloosa, you know, the spread's three points. I think that is 100% accurate. I think this is going to be a nail-biter. I think Alabama might have a bunch of Tylers in their stadium, too. Little fickle fans that might give up quickly. I don't know. We'll see. I would love to hear somebody go on a press conference next week if they lose and ask Nick Saban why he's a bad coach and why he <laughs> yeah. is making as much money as he is. Yeah. Because um, it would be comical. It would be it would well, I don't know. He's not he's not as not as animated as Dabo is, but I think it would be a lot more aggressive. So would he would know a, where the person lived and send somebody after him. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, Nick Saban's got the FBI on speed dial. The final game I have on here, we got a the final Bedlam series game in the Big Man. 12 between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. kind of hurts my soul a little bit to think that. And it's not even at night. It's not even at night. You have to play the Bedlam, the Bedlam rivalry at night. There's no sky that's darker than Bedlam. And you're not even playing this game at night. I believe it's at 3.30. Yes, it's an afternoon a game. Travesty. Oklahoma, number nine. Oklahoma State, 22. Oklahoma State has kind of pulled it together a little bit lately. If you're not familiar with Oklahoma State, they have arguably the best running back in the country right now. Ollie Gordon has already rushed for over 1,000 yards. And if you go look at his last four games, the dude is on an absolute tear. His last two games alone, he's rushed for over 500 yards and six touchdowns. Jeez, that's insane. He rushed for 271 against Cincinnati and 282 against West Virginia. Now, I know those are not stellar defenses by any means, but if you do almost 300 yards in two consecutive weeks, you have to give props still. I don't care who you're playing at that point. That's insane. There are guys who don't go for 300 yards against FCS teams. Right. And you went for it. And the previous three weeks, he went for 168, 136, and 121. The guy is on fire right now. 
he's got 1,087 yards, 10 touchdowns, averaging 7.7 yards per carry, which is absurd. Yeah, and they they just know how to recruit quarter running backs down there in uh down there in Oklahoma State. I mean, so this is this is going to be an exciting game. I think Oklahoma State has a shot to pull this one out the hat, Jake. I mean, Oklahoma's looked terrible the past two weeks. Terrible. I would they, agree. They should have lost to UCF. They got bailed out at the end. And then they, they, they turn around and lose to Kansas with the Kansas' backup quarterback. You're not getting in a battle with Oklahoma State and, and coming out alive in the end. I think I think if Ollie Gordon gets going, Oklahoma's screwed. I mean, Oklahoma's the 48th-ranked de- rush defense in the nation. This Oklahoma State team beat the Kansas team. Yeah, being pretty good. Just a couple weeks ago, just a couple weeks ago, Oklahoma State beat Kansas. So when you want to look at common opponents, you know, not that it always the transitive property always works, but Oklahoma State is certainly talented enough to win this game. Yeah, it, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be one for the ages. And I think th- they're going to put out a product that resembles the last rivalry. Bedlam rivalry of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. The fact that this rivalry is dying is is awful for college football. I'll be honest with you, Jake. This I hate it. This is one of the worst things that comes with conference realignment. They should have fought their ass off to make this rivalry stay alive. They, and they I think Oklahoma State is going to be salty about this, and I think you're going to see that on the field. Not for I sure. think you're going to see that Oklahoma State feels that they are equivalent to Oklahoma but is getting treated like little brother. They are. We're going to find out this weekend for sure. 3.30. I, I'm very curious to see how Oklahoma bounces back. You know, Does Dylan Gabriel, does he have a bounce back game? How does Brent Venables and his team respond after losing a heartbreaker? Is there a hangover there? Because now you have to go on the road. I think they lose. I think, they lose. It's, I think Oklahoma loses. I think their playoff hopes are dead. If they lose this, yeah, the playoff hopes are dead. And, I mean, the, the Big 12 could be out of the playoff race here very, very fast. Yeah, they're going to kill themselves. I thought the Pac-12 would cannibalize themselves, and they still might. The Big 12 might cannibalize themselves first. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Texas, Texas, come on, Texas. You get your only hope. You're due. You're, 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 Texas, you're due to lose a game. You're due to lose another one. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog is the easiest fantasy app where we can make all of our picks for every college football game. No matter the game, it's our home for college fantasy. Sign up today with promo code WALKON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 or older and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Start with your play, call 1 800 522 4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. All right, let's jump into our underdog picks for the week. I'm trying to remember how I did last week. Uh, do you remember how you did? I went over, I'm pretty sure. Ooh. Ooh, I think I hit one. Yeah, Chris Tyree ended up having a higher than three receptions, two and a half receptions. Thomas Fedone uh, scored a touchdown, but did not have more than 24 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I was hanging out with Owen last week, Owen too. Uh, hold on. You might have you hit one, actually, because you said Drake Stoops. Oh, yep, Drake, yep, you're right. I hit Drake Stoops. I missed on Trevor Etienne. You're, Drake you're Stoops had 76 receiving yards. Yep. You needed him to have 59 and a half. 
I knew he would. I knew he would. Once again, people, you just got to mix and match. You mix and match, you're guaranteed. Never doubt. Never a doubt. Just you, you just got to mix and match the right ones. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you took Tyree and Stoops, free money right there. Now, if the wide Jones, we're good at calling the wide receivers, Jake. I think we're, this is a wide receiver podcast. It is. It is. It is a wide receiver podcast. We both have a wide receiver pick in this, so if you're smart, you go with the wide receiver picks with this one. Big, big brain moment right here. Big. I, I have two and a bonus. I'm not super confident in the bonus, but we're gonna, you know, we're gonna shoot for it. Uh, first one I got is Marvin Harrison Jr. higher than 103 and a half receiving yards. He's done this over the last four games, playing Rutgers this weekend. I, I think that he goes over again. There are some rumors that Emeka Obuka is going to be back this weekend, so we could steal some catches but also could free him up a little bit as well. Now, Rutgers does have the second-best pass defense in the country. Ah. I'm not worried about that, honestly. I don't care what defense you put out there. Marvin Harrison Jr. is not getting locked down. No. My biggest issue is y'all are beating him handily enough that he doesn't stay in the game long enough for you to throw the ball that often for him to get that many yards. McCord has shown that he just will rely on Marvin Harrison Jr. If you need a play, he goes to him. That's called I mean, being smart. Why not? Yeah. Why not? If 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 you need a play, you go to the best guy on the field. It's only the smart play. Yeah. Second guy I got is Cam Porter, Northwestern's running back, to go lower than forty three and a half rushing plus receiving yards. He's only eclipsed this mark once in the last four games, and it was against Howard. And they're playing Iowa, who has one of the best defenses in the country. That's a disgusting pick, Jake. You're you're kind of a you're kind of a sicko. Oh, I'm all about it. All you about it. Be- oh, 43 and a half. Oh. We talked about the over/under being like thirty points. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think his long is going to be more than four yards on Saturday. No. Northwestern does not have a great offensive line. They they have won four games somehow, but this is going to be a disgusting game. I would not watch this game if I was anybody. This is terrible. My bonus pick here: I have Jaden Daniels higher than 0.5 rushing and receiving yards. He's done this in three of his last four games, and he also scored against Alabama last year. Only reason I don't like this is because it is Alabama and they have a very good defense this year, and I don't know how they're going to score points. Jake, I'll take an honorable bonus and keep and have the same one. I'm with there you. We on go. That one. That's that's the Walk on Red Shirts podcast seal of approval right there. There we go. What are your uh, picks for this week? I got Carson Beck for higher than 283.5 passing yards. Like like we alluded to earlier, that Georgia offense is starting to hit a rhythm. And I think this 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 low ranked Missouri defense is about to get taken to the woodshed. I think currently, like I said, Missouri's defense is ranked fifty fourth in the nation. So they're they're not they're not stopping anybody by any means. And, and Carson Beck and company is going to do enough for him to throw for. I think he throws for three hundred yards in this game. And and the reason I think they continue to throw the ball is I think Missouri is able to score I think at least twenty points and makes Georgia continue to throw the ball into the second half. My second is Jalen McMillan going for higher than 84 and a half receiving yards. I think Alex Grinch is going to do the obvious thing and try to double team Roma Dunze. And Jalen McMillan is going to be the benefactor for that. And I think 84 and a half is easy for him in a game in which USC is just, just, they don't play defense. They don't play defense. I know we say that every single week. We're like a broken record, but it's true. And, and what are we if we don't bring the facts to the people, Jake? What are we if we don't bring the facts? We're nothing but lying, lascivious, just fools. See, you like to tell stories. Usually I come with all sorts of facts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. 
I don't. Well, I speak in factual allegory. That is factually true. <laughs> Reminder: use promo code Walk On to get 100% match up to $100. It's free money. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. And the smart pick this week, since this is the wide receiver podcast, go with Jalen McMillan and and Marvin Harrison Jr. Maserati Marv, Jake's favorite nickname. Yeah, yeah. I I do love Gus Johnson. I did not like – thank God I was not listening to that game. I probably got annoyed. Jake, if you put money on Cam Porter going for lower than 43 and a half yards and receiving yards combined, I might have to call you a scumbag on the radio. On the podcast, excuse me. The podio. Okay. Okay, Tyler. (laughs) all right let's jump into our picks for this weekend we have a pretty good slate of games this weekend i'm going to start off with james madison favored by five and a half points against georgia state this is my weekly moment to say that is a criminal should be a crime we should be taking this to the supreme court that james madison is ineligible for postseason play right now yeah we've got a petition with 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 way over five thousand signers now that that said to ask the NCAA to do this so I think it's going to work out and again I've been riding with James Madison I've been riding with my Dukes again have we had a president named Georgia State we have not that's been my my thinking the past three weeks I'm riding with it again James Madison minus five and a half easy I'm gonna take James Madison too they've either eight no Georgia State is good. They've, they're six and two, but I just can't bet against James Madison right now. Can't do it. Won't do it. Before we go any further, just an update for everybody. I have 42 wins. William has 46. He's got a four game lead. I went three and seven last week. He went five and five, picked up two games. It's getting kind of late in the year. I, I might have to start making some risky picks here to, to try and make some catch up. Jake, am I above 500? You are. You're making money if you follow the moose. Come with the moose. You're at 51.1%. That's over 50%. You're making money. If you're betting and you're over 50%, you're making money. All right. The second game we have here is we have Ohio State is 18.5 point favorites against Rutgers. Are you going with the Scarlet Knights and Piscataway or are you taking Maserati Marv? I think Ohio State wins this game. I think they went pretty easily. I think Rutgers plus 18 and a half. That's a lot of points, Jake. That's a lot of points at the Scataway. It I'm is going a lot Rutgers of points. Plus 18 and a half. You're not going to take out my, my Scarlet Knights that easy. See, I'm going to take Ohio State here. and I'm not confident on this pick at all. Like, I think – Ohio State wins this game. I think they win it pretty easy. 18 is a lot. And there, there's been some drama the last couple times they played. Greg Schiano likes to pull out all the trick plays. Last year, Ohio State ran like kind of a fake punt. Basically, the punter got it, and there was nobody that even rushed for the kick. So the punter just took off. And then he got absolutely leveled by like the gunner. <laughs> And Ryan Day and Greg Schiano just like went at it, like oh yeah, across just the field. each other from the sidelines. That that was one of the funniest moments last year. They just like went at it from across the field. So like I could see this game getting a little weird. Apparently they're both over it and the drama's over. But I'll take Ohio State in this game. Wait, does Rutgers have any elderly alumni? Who's Ryan Day attacking Ooh. this weekend? Ooh, probably the founder uh, of, of of college football. Yeah, I, I I mean, 
they they are they did host the first game. They were they were one and zero in the very first season. Henry Ruckers is the person it's named after. So he's Ryan Day's gonna be going after Henry Ruckers. Look out, Henry Ruckers. Ryan Day's coming for you. All right, second game we got here. We have number nineteen UCLA. They are three point favorites over Arizona. Do you like Chip Kelly? You think Arizona keeps it going? Arizona's five and three. They're they're a little impressive this year. Jake. Arizona's not only going to cover, they're going to be bowl eligible after this week. They played really well last week against Washington. Almost beat them. They beat USC. They're hanging around. They're giving all these really good teams a run for their money. I think I, I think I, I put a stat up there. In the last three losses, they the only three losses they have this year is, is a combined 16 points. So they've lost to USC, they've lost to Washington, they took both of those teams to the wire, and they lost to Mississippi State by seven. Mississippi State's a pretty ugly loss. I think they beat UCLA. UCLA has got the 50, 59th rank offense in the country. Yes, they have a 10th rank defense. I think that's not enough for, for Arizona. Arizona plus three. Love my plus signs this week, Jake. This is Pac-12 after dark, too. 10.30 Eastern time. Yeah, it's disgusting. This it, is why it, the Pac-12 is, is falling apart, is you're putting the best game of the freaking week at 10.30 at night. Nah, it's not the best game of the Pac-12. Well, That's true. Hold your That's horses true. there. Hold I'm, your getting horses a, I'm getting a little excited. I'm getting a little excited, Jake. You're right. But the question for UCLA is that they've bounced around quarterbacks. Ethan Garbers and Colin Schlieff both played last week. So I'm not super confident in the UCLA passing attack. Now, the rushing attack is still done fine. Car- Carson Steele, TJ Harden are still really good. I tend to agree with you. I think Arizona wins this game. I, I really like what they are putting together out there, and I, I think Arizona is going to win this game. Fourth game of the weekend, we got Texas A&M traveling to number 10, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a three-point favorite in this game. Interesting being three-point favorite and at home. Yeah. I think the thing that Vegas is looking at is Ole Miss's defense and Ole Miss's consistency and – the third thing is Texas A&M's ability to slow the run on all the teams they've played. However, I just think this Ole Miss, def- this Ole Miss offense is just too good. I think Ole Miss wins this one. They cover Ole Miss minus three. Texas A&M might be the most confusing team in the country for me. I just don't understand them. I think this is a game where everybody and their brother is going to say they lose this game. They should lose this game. And they find a way to win. And Jimbo Fisher keeps his job for another week because if they win this, they beat Mississippi State and they beat Abilene Christian. They end up nine and three, or they're at eight and four, and a chance to win nine games, including a bowl game. And somehow is not like not fired. He keeps his job for another year, and I think that does enough because his bio is so huge that they can go to the oil boosters. But I think they're trying to avoid doing that. So. I think AM is going to find a way to win this game. It's going to be disgusting, and I hate it, but I think AM wins this game. Mr. Tyler from Spartansburg. Clemson is three points dogs to Notre Dame this weekend. We're at home. Does the Fighting yeah. Irish come into Clemson and win? They very well could. However, I'm back on the Kool-Aid, Jake. Dabo's fired up. This team's fired up. Honestly, like if, if 
the team doesn't respond to this. The players don't respond to this. They they have to understand that the coaches are under so much scrutiny because of their play. And if they don't respond to this, it, it it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think this team's going to respond. We have a top 10 defense. Clemson has a top 10 defense. They're going against one of the – yes, Notre Dame has a the, the 13th ranked scoring offense in the country. But how they do it is beyond me with the 57th rushing defense offense and the 49th passing offense. You're not going to be able to move the ball that easily against Clemson. Yes, you have Joe Alt at left tackle, and he's a first-round draft pick. You're going to have to block the other guy. Xavier Thomas is back. He's healthy. Peter Woods is back. He's healthy. TJ Parker's back. He's healthy. Hopefully, Justin Maskell's back. That, that, that's a lot of dudes on that defensive line that Notre Dame's going to have to block. I think this game's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be very tough to watch if you're an offensive fan. I think Clemson wins 21 to 20. I think they cover, and I think they, I think they win outright. I'm One of the underrated pieces of news this week is that Notre Dame tight end Mitchell Evans is out for the year. I haven't even seen that. I didn't see that. Mitchell Evans is out for the season. He won't be playing the rest of the year, and he was arguably their best offensive target. And to me, that is huge. And I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to more closely resemble the Ohio State-Notre Dame game with both teams under 20 points. And I think Clemson wins this game. But I, like I said, I think it's ugly. Let's go. I think 17 to 14 you know, some sort of weird scoring because you get a couple extra field goals. It's 16 to 14 because of three field goals and a touchdown. Hey, I'll kiss that pig with lipstick on it. I don't care how ugly it is. This is not a Tyler podcast. Both of us believe in Dabo. Kool-Aid drinkers through and through. Clemson by 99, minus 98. <laughs> a win's a win. Number 11, Penn State travels down to Maryland this weekend. They cross the Mason-Dixon line. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. This line actually opened at 10, and it's dropped down to eight-and-a-half. Yeah, this is disgusting. Drew Lars struggled. He hasn't looked good. They finally threw a deep pass last week to win the game against Illinois. He and... broke his spell and threw an interception, and then like the next drive, he just dropped dime in the bucket down the sideline. Yeah, it's like, holy cow, you can throw the ball further than five yards down the field. If they keep that up, if they open up that offense a little bit, I think Penn State has an absolute chance to cover. I'm not saying Penn State covers because of their offense, though. I'm saying Penn State covers because of their dominant defense. And that dominant defense is going to do enough to keep that Maryland offense that can score with just about anybody in the nation. They're going to keep them at bay. Penn State covers minus 8.5. I think they beat them by 10. I think they're just going to cover. I think Maryland is broken, actually, and that's why I think Penn State wins. I don't actually think it has a lot to do with Penn State. I think Maryland's just not good right now. They started the season 5-0 and and then lost by 20 to Ohio State, proceeded to lose at home to Illinois, and then proceeded to go on the road and lose to Northwestern. Are you talking like Evanescence broken or like, you know, where, where are we going with this? How broken are they? Are they like, singing about it? You, you know, it, it's like... I broke the bottle, but like it's not shattered yet. Like mm. you know, you're trying to hold on to that, like nostalgic, but like it's not shattered yet. And I think Penn State just like takes the bottle outside and like shatters it this weekend. Is that a reference to me breaking my Panthers beer glass this weekend? It could be. I'm glad October's over. I'm so glad October's over. <laughs> I'll take Penn State to cover eight and a half. I know the spread's moving down, but this Maryland team is not good right now. Maybe 
maybe they turn it around, but I am just not sold. You lose to Northwestern, I'm just not vibing with you. Next game we got, we talked about this one a little bit already. Oklahoma travels to Oklahoma State. They are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Do the Sooners bounce back, or does the Cowboys take the last Bedlam series? Jake, Oklahoma played UCF. It came down to a two-point conversion play. Oklahoma played Kansas. They lose. Oklahoma almost loses to Texas the week prior to UCF. Came down to a two-point conversion play. I think that streak ends right here. I think that the Kansas loss streak continues here. I think Oklahoma State's able to establish the running game. I think Oklahoma State wins outright in Bedlam, and they have the last laugh in this series. And that's going to eat Oklahoma fans up alive, and I, I love it because I cannot stand Oklahoma. Let's go Oklahoma State. Let's win this one. Win it, win it for the Big 12. You know, Oklahoma State's played very well over the last month. Their last four games, they blew out Cincinnati. They beat West Virginia by 14, beat Kansas at home, and beat Kansas State at home. Kansas and Kansas State are combined 12-4 and four this year. West Virginia is 5-3. and three. Cincinnati is the outlier there. They're 2-6. and six. And I really like what Oklahoma State's doing. I think they're going to continue. I don't know if they win this game. I think they really could, but I think they cover the 5.5 points. I think this is a nail-biter. Yeah, for sure. We have Missouri traveling to Georgia. 15 and a half points for Georgia. We talked about it. Is there any shot that Missouri covers the spread? There is a shot. I don't think it's a big shot. Um, Elton John's not going to be attending. I think Georgia wins by, by 20 plus. I'm going to have to go with Georgia minus 15 and a half. I'm taking Georgia as well. I think Missouri might have the playmakers to keep it close. I think Carson Beck is rolling right now. I don't think Missouri's going to have enough to slow down their defensive or to slow them down on defense. And I don't know if Missouri is going to be able to consistently move the ball on Georgia either. Yeah. And I blame the college football playoff committee for this. Yeah. Sorry, Missouri. You guys are having a great season until you get blown out by Georgia. Somebody just woke them up. Washington is three point favorites over USC on Saturday. Give me Washington. Okay. That was, that was fast. Come on people. Come on. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, Jake. Michael Penix is going to take this defense, this Alex Grinch defense, to school. He's going to take all the presents from the kids in Whoville. He ain't going down Mount Crumpet with the, with, the, with the gifts at the end. This is going to be a bloodbath. You know, both these defenses are absolutely terrible. Washington ranks like in the 90s. We talked about Alex Grinch ranking in the 100s. I think the safe bet here is the over. It's 76 and a half. I think you should be pushing 100 points in this game. I agree. I am actually going to take USC in this game because I am not a fan of how Washington has played the last two weeks. Um, they they beat Stanford, but only went by nine points. It was not a pretty game by any means. You know, Stanford was down two points entering the fourth quarter. Now, Stanford probably is better than what we think. And then... They played an ugly game against Arizona State, scoring 15 points, and they kicked three field goals. And their only touchdown was an interception return. Like, Arizona State was up 7-3 at halftime. That one might be weird. I think this is the game where Caleb Williams realizes, like, it's now or never. Like, if you want to make a statement, you got to do it today. And I think today is the – I think Saturday they win. 
Final game of the day, we have LSU traveling to Alabama. Alabama is a three-point favorite. And that three points is given because it's in Tuscaloosa. I think LSU wins outright. I think LSU wins by 10 points. I think Alabama's good. I think Alabama's defense is great. I think Alabama's offense is decent. It's not enough to stop LSU. It's not enough to stop LSU consistently. And I think that's going to be what's the difference in the game. I, my, my, my mind is saying Alabama. My heart is saying LSU hard. This is this is a loins game. This is this, I'm digging this one out of my loins. Everything in my body tells me to pick LSU. And my mind tells me don't doubt Nick Saban. So I'm going to go with my mind here because it's really hard for me to pick against Nick Saban. I know he is not the Nick Saban that, you know, a couple of years ago where they just absolutely dominated everybody. It's just really hard for me to envision Alabama at this point, having two losses in the first week of November and basically just being out of it and just being a, you know, a top 20 team. I think Alabama wins this game. I think that if they win this game, all of a sudden people are talking about Alabama back in the college football playoff. Yeah, if they win this game, I think they got to beat Georgia. I think they have a team to do it. You got to beat Georgia. It's still a couple weeks away. You know, you still have uh, a couple more conference games, but it could happen. All right, let's jump into our listener questions before we finish up here today. Victoria asks, what were Moose's kids for Halloween? So, Victoria, Mrs. Beans, if I I can uh, call you that. I was very purposeful in what my kids were. They didn't get to choose, even though they chose. Well, one of them chose. My son was a Clemson football player. He wanted to be a Clemson football player. He's wanted to be for a while. He's he he's he's big on that. Big on Dabo. Loves Dabo. Can't stand Tyler. Um, my man wears his his football helmet to watch Christmas movies. He, he he's all in. He's all in in every sense of the imagination. My daughter was dressed as a Hobbit. If anybody's seen Lord of the Rings. Uh, Jake, do you know what the plot is for Lord of the Rings? What the whole point is? What they're trying to do? Something about a ring and destroying a ring or something like that. They're trying to return the ring to where it was created. My son was a Clemson football player. My daughter was a hobbit. The hobbits were bestowed with this, this arduous task of returning this ring to the to its creation point to to destroy it. But let's let's not focus on that part. We're focused on the part that they're returning this ring. And they're, 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 they're taking this intense trek across the world to do so. What do you win if you win a big-time game, Jake? What, what, what gets put on your finger? Chick-fil-A sandwich. A Chick-fil-A sandwich, and that is capped with a ring. Um, my kids are very ominous of what's going to happen to Clemson in the years to come. My daughter is returning the ring to Clemson to its rightful creation place where they're going to get back to their throne. Tyler's going to calm down. He's going to go back to Spartanburg. He's going to go back to typing stuff up on Twitter and getting angry and not calling in Dabo. Uh, So, yes, Victoria, to answer your question, my son was a Clemson football player. My daughter was uh, was Frodo Baggins in the flesh. And this is ominous of Clemson's future. Very purposeful. Uh, call me Mr. Musagi. Mr. Musagi? Yep. Got it. Yep. I, I am the master. I am the teacher. I am the creator of 
cockamamie stories. Mr. Musagi, a.k.a. Tyler from Spartansburg. That's right. Well, it's been another episode of the Walk on Red Shirts. Uh, make sure to follow us on all of our social platforms. Make sure to like, rate, and subscribe the podcast. Helps us out. Uh, our, we're on social media. We're on Twitter, Walk on Red Shirts, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, what's your What's your Facebook or not Facebook? Your Twitter handle at Walk on Moose. And, and, and guys, every night I've got a goal. I've got a goal to make it to a hundred followers by the end of the year. I put that under my pillow. I sleep on it. You know, get a couple of rest. I that way I, through osmosis, it's getting put into my body. Help me get there. 13 away. I'm 13 away. Lucky number 13. You be the person that puts me over 100 followers. You be the person. How awesome would that be? That's historic. At Walk on Moose. On, on, the, on the Twitters. On the X. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. We're, we'll get we're you there. Away. Uh, make sure to go and make follow our picks from Underdog Fantasy. Uh, use promo code WALKON and get your deposit matched up to 100%. For your first time deposit, it's free money, guys. Free money. And Watch your podcast. Tell you us. could, you can just if you're not confident, you just mix and match all of them. Or do yeah, the opposite. Just do the opposite of what we say. That that's also true. If we're not doing well, if you, you think, just do the opposite. And tell tell us why we're wrong, and then prove yeah. us. Send cool. us your send us your picks. Show us your show us why we're wrong. Yeah, and the cool thing about underdog fantasy is that hey, you don't think we're going to go higher than what we said? You could pick to go lower. You can literally pick the opposite. You can literally go to our picks and pick the exact opposite of what we said. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's been another great episode. Uh, it won't be me next week. We're still figuring out. I'm, I will be in Aruba next week. Uh, so we'll have a podcast next week, but it won't be me, unfortunately. Ooh, I want to take you. Yeah, shout out the Beach Boys. Shout out the Beach Boys. Shout out the Moose. He's going to be in Aruba? No, he's not. No, he's not, folks. I'll be home. I'll be home. I'm, I, I'll, I'll be in be... Spartansburg, South Carolina. I'm on the home front. Like we said, the battles fought on multiple fronts. We'll be here. I, I'm in Spartanburg County. I'm in Spartanburg County. I used to live right outside of Spartanburg. I still live right outside of Spartanburg. Tyler, let's have a beer. Let's have a chat. <laughs> it's been another episode. Make sure to tune in next week for another great episode.